Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. On today's episode, we're going to talk about coaching in healthcare. Yes. Well, good morning. Good morning. And John, I love the now recurring background of you in cars. Yes. It, it, it is a good background for you. The lighting looks beautiful on your skin. And, you know, a man in motion. This is a metaphor, right? Coaches in cars uh, having coffee. What's that show called? It's called Comedians in Cars Having Coffee. Coaches in Cars Having Coffee. And, you know, I think this is a pretty good example of what real life is like as, as a coach. You do it on the go. Like you just took Logan to school, right? So that, that's where we're at. <laughs> yep. Yep. Catch me where you can. Um, yeah. 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 Thank God for Wi-Fi and coffee shops and, you know, all of that stuff. So making it happen. I hear you. I hear you. Um, well, the topic that we're going to get into today is a topic that I didn't know I was about to become super, super passionate about, but it has completely captured my imagination. And I wanted to create this podcast to convince more coaches, to convince more of our coaches at Lumia um, to get into the space of coaching in healthcare because there is such a need right now. And this is one of the spaces that I think is going to be growing really rapidly over the next five years. Um, and it was something that I hadn't really considered um, for myself or for others as a coach. Have you ever heard about coaching in healthcare? What's where are you coming into the topic? No, what's happening in healthcare that's creating um, room for coaches or a demand? A lot, a lot of things are happening in healthcare. So uh, the first thing I think that's happened is that the the medical community, and when we talk about the medical community, I mean. Um, folks who are in charge of the money. So whether that's like CEOs of hospitals or whether that's like major tech conglomerates, insurance companies have finally caught up with the research that coaching is truly the missing link in behavioral adaption when we're talking about healthcare. And, you know, why is that important? It's important because when somebody is going through uh, a medical issue, whether they're at the point of pre-diagnosis where the doctors are saying, hey, like it looks like you might be pre-diabetic. This is something you need to pay attention to. And then at every point of the journey, like say you get a major diagnosis like cancer, right? And then all the way down through recovery, remission, you know, end of life, all of those different parts of the journey need people to deal with like really hard circumstances because their life gets totally upended. People to deal with um, learning new stuff like about medication, about treatment. And this is the part that really spoke to me and, and really um, starting to reform their identity. And so coaching healthcare has so much to do with your vision, with your values, with like who you are as a human, you know, who are you now if you've gotten a really this and what does this mean for your life? Um, so it's powerful stuff. I, I mean, I think the big question is, will the uh, insurance pay for coaching? 
but that's always not been the case, right? Yeah. Unlike therapy, where therapy is covered under insurance or can be. Yeah. So this is what the landscape looks like right now is that um, most big insurance providers have insurance codes set up for coaching already. So this is coming down the pike. We know it's coming down the pike. Um, when I went and sat for the seminar on healthcare and coaching, the two women who were running the seminar were coaches who both have full practices consulting with hospitals and with individual families who have hired them as a coach. Um, and then the other piece that I'm starting to see is that um, big care providers like uh, med tech firms or doctor's offices or hospitals are beginning to actually hire coaches on staff to do a lot of this work, especially in hospital systems. A statistic that really knocks off and kind of spoke to this, and, and I didn't know this before, is that if you're a doctor in a hospital system, your typical slate of clients is 2,500 people. Wow. Right? Wow. And in order for one practitioner to keep up with that demand, they'd have to work 22 hours a day. Yeah. No, I know the health care system is broken kind of on both sides. Um, people are overworked. Uh, you know, I wonder if there's going to be coaching available for the practitioners. Yes. And this, so, so let's get into it because this is exactly how it's going. Um, so there are three primary applications of coaching in healthcare. One is to address leadership to uh, challenges, the full industry like we were talking about. Another is actually coaching the doctors, actually coaching the healthcare providers. And we're going to talk a lot more about this and those specific skills and why this is coming into hospital systems now. And then the other piece of this is coaching the patient to improve you know, health outcomes. And when I first got into this, I was thinking, well, that's really specialized you know, to be able to coach an individual patient through this stuff. But this is actually really important information for all coaches to hear because what if you're working with somebody, say on like you know, a career reboot and they happen to get a cancer diagnosis, that this is, this is the kind of information that all coaches need to have just because life happens to our clients, to us, to our parents, to our community as we're kind of rolling along. So, okay. So let's, let's kind of like pull back here and, and look at, um, at the two pieces where, where most of the, the work is being done, where most of the jobs are being created. And those two pieces are with the practitioner and with the patient. And they each have very different experiences at each point of the journey. So the first place, and this is probably the biggest place where um, health and wellness coaches specifically are very well positioned to work. And this is in the pre-diagnosis space uh, where behavioral interventions can create an impact. So what happens here? This is like mostly as a coach, you're dealing with your client being in the space of not knowing. Um, and coaches are to focus on emotional agility, you know, regulating your emotions, maybe anger, fear, disappointment, um, resources to deal with a crisis, and then an action plan for that client um, to, to kind of dive into that space. I have a really cool coach success story to talk about specifically health and wellness coaches, um, Carissa, you know, Carissa, yeah, 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 I know her, yeah. she just got hired as a full-time health and wellness coach at Canyon ranch. 
Oh, wow. That's amazing. Right? Yeah, she texted me yesterday and I was like, oh, hell yeah, mama. So I can't wait to get her story. But this is the kind of work that Carissa is is doing in the space right now. And then here's where it gets really interesting. So if you're a coach and you're going to be working with um, like a doctor and a medical provider, when, when patients are at the point of pre-diagnosis, the specific skills that doctors need to be coached on are rapport communication skills, um, active listening, really working with a doctor to understand where do you feel stressed out and, and what kind of blockers in communication do you typically have with your patients? Like, so what are the patterns that you typically see? One of the things that came out of the, the seminar on healthcare and coaching is that doctors know that they are not trained in communication skills. And if you talk to them, they'll be able to tell you exactly where, like, this is where people don't understand me. This is where I'm not able to get my point across. And I was like, my God, like, for these folks, doctors, nurses, and healthcare that are like fighting to save people's lives, that must be such a frustrating experience to like know exactly where you're not able to get the message through. Yeah. It's almost like the doctors are the, uh, uh, they're the people that kind of, um, execute but there needs to be a wraparound um i don't i don't i mean this is a generalization i don't know if doctors have those kind of skills i'm sure many do um, but coaches specializing you know in um goal setting communication all of that uh can go hand in hand with you know doctors and nurses and other people who actually kind of execute absolutely something that blew me away about this space is how much positive psychology plays into the work of coaches in healthcare. Why is that? Because emotional management is smack in the middle of, of where doctors and patients kind of butt heads because they have different goals for each other and they're having very different experiences. Like when, when, um, when somebody experiences a relapse, oftentimes the doctor may feel like anger towards the patient or like they are a failure themselves and they need to be coached through that emotional management set of, okay, well, what is the information we need to get to the patient and to like really be like able to, to, to manage those emotions and deal with that grief. And on the, the client side of things with a relapse, grief, fear, guilt, shame, you know, all of those things come into play, but we can't sit in there. The coaching question that that totally changed the way that I was thinking about a lot of things um, that came out of this work is like, okay, so so as a coach, what do we do? Like, what's the most powerful question that we can ask in these situations, either of the doctor or the patient? And the question that I think we can all apply to like every aspect of our life is like, for what are you fighting? For what? For what are you fighting? And to really bring in positive psychology and future vision and drill down on values and vision for your life, whether that's the doctor saying, these are the values I want my client to hold. These are the, the values that I have as a practitioner. These are the values that I have against, you know, fighting this disease. And then for the patient to say, you know, what is it about my life that I'm willing to fight for? 
in this space. Why coaching over therapy? Why are they not um, getting therapists to do this and instead coaches? Action plans, goal setting, because because we like we don't need to process these emotions. We need to understand them. We need to manage them. We need to work with them. And then ultimately, the dots need to be connected to some sort of action, whether that's medication adherence or preparing for a surgery or preparing for a treatment. And mindset is so much a part of this work. And so is identity, like thinking about how your identity shifts if all of a sudden you get smacked with a cancer diagnosis and all of a sudden you're either someone who has cancer or someone who survived cancer. And that would shift your entire perception of like who you are as a human, you know, existing in this world with one, with one sentence, you have cancer. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's exciting. And also, um, many people who are getting into coaching, you know, only thinking that, uh, the private practice is how they're going to, uh, create a career. Now there's choices, you know, things like this where, um, and also, you know, if they also offer part-time, you know, you could, you could coach and you could, um, spin a lot of plates, do a lot of things. And that's what I find amazing about coaching. I'm, I'm sitting here outside, you know, in my car outside a coffee shop and I've been doing this for, you know, over a decade. And I love that you can help people in all these different ways. So whether you are going into a hospital, doing stuff on zoom, um, running retreats. So I love the diversity that, that, um, is available for coaches today. Me too. So yeah. let's riff on that for a second. So you just said retreats, right? So the 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 part of this that there were two parts of this that really captured my heart. But I think the one that I felt the most emotional attachment to is what happens for folks at the point of diagnosis mm. with with a serious illness. And as I was kind of ideating on like, well, how can coaches work with this? Um, offering a retreat would Ooh. be Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. Like, can you imagine getting like a bunch of people together at the point where like they have gotten a cancer diagnosis to come together? Yeah. And, and also um, connecting others who are going through the same thing. I mean, uh, just putting those people in a room in itself can be so therapeutic. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, So let's unpack this. So like talking about this exact point of diagnosis, um, there were, there was a term that came up that I think is really important to understand and it is emotional agility. And the way that this was described for the patient in the space of coaching was working with the patient, um, along the lines of emotional first aid in terms of regulating their emotions, because there is something called diagnostic shock, which is an actual medical term for the reception of news. And so what happens when there's diagnostic shock? Like, obviously you're shocked. You've just gotten news that is totally going to change your life. But it also impacts your ability to regulate your emotions and to take in information. So what, what's what's probably happening for both the doctor and the patient is like the patient's in shock. They're getting these news. Their world is upside down. Their identity is changing. And all of a sudden they're getting all this information (laughs) about 
<laughs> and so this is where the doctor needs coaching on like, slow down. Let's deliver this in ways that somebody can understand it. Let's work on empathy. Let's work on compassion communication technique. And the patient needs support in like how to handle and process information and, and, and going through this. So like a retreat setup in which a coach can actually say, all right, everybody, you know, this is scary stuff, but you're at the point of this journey and we're all going to do it together and, and hold each other accountable through this. Like, let's get clear on vision values. Why are we fighting? What's it going to be like on the other side of this? What do we need to know? What's the plan of attack personally? What's the plan of attack within our family units? What's the plan of attack at work? And just to really start to kind of prepare for for battle in in many ways the idea of retreats being prescribed as part of uh your treatment is um pretty amazing yeah yeah something that came up that was um new for me to understand was um what healthcare practitioners go through so healthcare practitioners at the point of diagnosis who can't switch from sympathy to empathy burn out faster. What do you think the difference between those two is? Empathy, deploying empathy, meaning um, truly understanding um, what the patient's going through, um, trying to walk in the patient's shoes. I can imagine as a doctor, if um, telling someone uh, she has cancer is something you do three times a day, I mean, it would be hard. Uh, it, it could get just kind of numb. Yeah. So sympathy is when you just feel bad for people. Empathy is when you understand them. And so working with a doctor to move past sitting in those negative feelings, again, here's positive psychology. This is why positive psychology is useful in coaching. To swap out a negative emotion for a functional emotion will, will actually help the doctor from, from burning out faster. Um, and then another one is, um, that doctors, nurses, healthcare practitioners deal with their own triggers as human. Uh, and, and I, I was like, oh my God. So this is apparently a huge deal and an area where coaches, um, will need to be very well versed in, in supporting and identifying triggers. Um, and a lot of, practitioners are actually triggered by diagnostic shock. When, it, when, a, a when a patient gets bad news and goes into diagnostic shock, this is universally recognized at a point where many doctors are, are triggered. Um, and so unpacking and clearing the triggers is, allows the practitioner to move into self-care for themselves so that they can take care of themselves in these like really sticky situations yeah processing the activation um mm -hmm. happening constantly it's a war uh, it's, a, it's a it's like a, a battleground you know yeah. yeah it is and then like when we're in the middle of it you know in the middle of the experience everybody's working on on essentially a crisis management plan and this is where i think coaches can be really useful in bringing people together in community whether it's a retreat or a virtual group but for everybody just to share in the reality that for a temporary period of time or for a long-term period of time anybody dealing with this illness is going to have um, a new normal new sense of who am i now um, what does this mean for my life story? 
Is my life story dead or is this a continuation? And I didn't realize how poetic this was in terms of somebody's lived experience and how storytelling is actually really important from a coaching perspective in the middle of post-diagnosis crisis management work. Because for the client, being able to attach to that story of, well, what is my story now? What does this mean for my, like that, like that's everything. Um, How would you approach storytelling from like a crisis management perspective? Man, I don't, I don't know. I've never worked with um, a client, um, you know, that had a uh, a diagnosis that instantly changed um, their life. Uh, but I know with narrative, I mean, you know, when, when, uh, when something like that happens, um, you're right. The person's story is instantly, um, there's a, there's a, there's a huge turning point. And so, um, when you're, when you're ready to, to have the ability to pull back and, um, rewrite your story, uh, you know, tell a different story. Um, I think, yeah, I think that could definitely be uh, powerful. It could be treatment. But I haven't worked with um, with anyone with with that kind of diagnosis. So, yeah, it's it's something that really um, captured my imagination in huge ways, and 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 it, smack in the middle of it is choice that the client has a choice, patient has a choice on how they wish to edit their story, and then for the healthcare professional, when we're in the middle of this kind of um, crisis management, the, the goal is to help the practitioner understand their own responsibility to being the one who's like the general in the thick of the fight. Where do they feel stuck? Where do they feel comfortable? Uh, where do they want to do better? Um, and the, the recommendation was to really focus with um, physicians, especially on, on co-creating the relationship, on trust and safety, on making clear agreements with the patient to partner with the patient to establish goals versus just be directive because it makes such a huge difference. Um, you know, um, when you get a uh, diagnosis that you may possibly die and suddenly there's this life ticking clock, um, if you don't go to thinking that your story is greater than you, you can easily collapse, right? And I think that's going to be the vine that kind of pulls you out is, okay, um, how do you want to, if you, if you leave, how do you want to leave? Um, how do you want your story to, um, help other people? You know, what, what story do you want to leave behind? And I know it takes time to get there, but if you can get to that place, I think that's, um, that's, that's going to be the most powerful thing is, uh, yeah, one story. Oh yeah. And, 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 and just kind of imagining this and, and understanding the trigger point for the doctor was really powerful because I can imagine that, you know, like you said, if you were giving cancer diagnoses three times a day and person after person is like having that collapsing experience, you're there showing up for work, showing up for the fight, like that has to take a toll, you know, in a day out. And so having the coach in place to kind of support both sides of the equation can change the entire experience in terms of like what people are capable of in getting ready for the fight. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. I love, um, you know, we've been both doing this for so long that, um, we've been, um, seeing 
the expansion of coaching, where it's going, how it's penetrating, you know, businesses, healthcare, stuff like this. And uh, it's pretty amazing. I'm always amazed. It is. And within that, you know, to kind of wrap this up, there are a lot of different stages as we're going through this. So post-diagnosis, right, you go and you get better and you go into recovery. You know, that needs coaches to help people rebuild their life. Um, there might be relapse that needs coaches to like help deal with, okay, well, what happens? We have to gear up for battle one more time. And then there, there is also palliative care end of life. So thinking about, you know, the full continuum of, of this work and thinking about end of life, especially, um, it is recommended that if coaches want to work in that space, they go and get specialized training in life. Um, because that is a space where you're going to need extra training as a coach. Um, so that's super important. And, and then thinking about, okay, well, how does this work for the practitioner as well? Um, doctors experience tremendous grief with this stage. And doctors need support in order to do the best possible job that they can moving clients through this this phase, so it's it's really a space of of care, and also creating co-creating the story with both the patient and the doctor on like what this life accomplished, and what this care accomplished, and helping everybody, the family, the patient, and the doctor, everybody who touched this process, release in a healthy way. Yeah. You know, when um, the term life coaching uh, came out um, and it still gets a bad rap, I understand why um, the life coach is just too broad. But now what's happening is uh, the, the coach is becoming specialists. Right. And, and so it's really shedding that term life coach, which can turn people off very fast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for a wonderful conversation on this. Um, I'm going to keep noodling on it. I'm going to see what I can do to bring a little bit more training on this topic inside Lumia. And um, if you are interested in this, come see us. There is so much to learn. Yeah, thank you for listening. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.